The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. I want to read to you from the book of Acts, chapter 27, beginning with verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose it a tempestuous wind called Eurotlidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quickstands, strake sail and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. It's interesting to me that Paul goes into such detail describing a natural storm at sea. You may read this and say, well, in what way does that relate to my spiritual life? Why would Paul give such detail, some of which we don't understand because most of us have no experience being seamen. Now, this was a storm like none they had faced before. And these were not novices. These were experienced men, men that uh, did this for a living. And notice in verse 20, it concludes by saying, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Have you ever felt like that spiritually when you were going through the worst trial you've ever experienced? All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Now, it's interesting that the first verse we read describes a completely different situation. Notice he says in verse 13, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. You know, it's oftentimes our experience in life when we think we have everything figured out, everything's going smooth, the wind's blowing softly, 
we feel like we finally obtained our purpose, that then some severe trial comes our way, and we're like these men were who did everything they could think of to save themselves. They concluded all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You know, sometimes God's people lose hope. And this is not a new experience. We may think, well, with all of the stress of modern living and all of the things going on in our country today, surely we're in a unique situation. Yet the Bible says there is no temptation that has taken you but that which is common to man. Now, if you're going through a severe trial, that may seem almost like an insult. What I'm going through is just common to man. That doesn't mean that your trial is to be taken lightly. That just means that this has been happening to God's people all along. Notice the trial, or rather the account of when Jeremiah lost hope. How would you like to have a book of the Bible preserved in your name called Lamentations? <laughs> That's the case with Jeremiah. And he had reason to lament. As a matter of fact, when the Lord sent him to preach to his people, the Lord told him, don't pray for them because I won't hear your prayers for the people. Now, how would you like as a preacher to have that mission? You go and preach, but don't pray for them. The reason being, they're not going to hear you. So I won't hear your prayers on their behalf. So notice here in Lamentations chapter 3, and beginning with verse 18. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction and my misery, the wormwood and the gall, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. Now watch this. This I recall to mine, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What made the difference in Jeremiah? How is it that he was going through spiritually a storm like those men on that ship went through naturally? When they said all hope that we should be saved was then lost. Jeremiah says, I recall something to mind. Yes, sir. Now, your mind is responsible for your feelings. Now, think about it. You rejoice or you lament based on what you're thinking. Here's a very relevant example to the church. The reason Satan doesn't want God's people to know the gospel 
is because if they understand it, it's the most liberating yes. truth in the Bible. Amen. The gospel will save you from bondage and grief and doubt and fear and hopelessness. Amen. If you see yourself as a sinner, you are hopeless. If you must perform or meet some condition to go to heaven, then the gospel says Jesus saved his people from their sins. That's right. Jeremiah says, here's what I recall to mind. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Jeremiah says, what gave me hope is the Lord's mercies. And as a result of his mercies, I'm not consumed. <laughs> if God was not merciful, if he did not look upon us with compassion, we would be consumed. Amen. If we were to try to stand before God on our own merit, we would be consumed by the wrath of God. But thankfully, we've been saved from that. Amen. Now let's think about this in a practical way. You say, well, I don't have the same situation that Jeremiah had. You say, I certainly haven't experienced what those seamen did but yet the Bible in the New Testament gives us a lot of information about the benefit of hope I remember as a child growing up in the church the primitive Baptist had oftentimes an unbiblical understanding of hope right. now the reasons for that that I could go into and one of which is we divided with the people that when we divided as a people, as a Baptist family, there were those that say, well, you must know that you're saved. And oftentimes when you come out of one ditch, you go into the other. Yeah. And we didn't want to speak in any way that suggested we were confident that we were saved. Right. So I would often hear people say, well, all I have is just a little hope. Just a little flickering flame. And it conveyed, actually, doubt right. that they were a child of God. That's not what the Bible teaches about hope. Amen. David said, God is my hope. Amen. But the word hope, by definition, means to expect, to look for, to long for something. Paul said, I'm in hope of eternal life. Amen. Why did he have hope? He says, because God who cannot lie promised it before the world began. Amen. That's not a feeble wish, is it? That's, right. That's not a, a doubtful hope. That's a hope of confidence. Amen. Now notice here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8, remember Jeremiah said, hundreds of years before Paul wrote this that it was what he recalled in his mind that gave him hope. Now notice this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober 
putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. What's he talking about there? He speaks of a helmet. In battle, the helmet protects the head from injury. In a spiritual sense, he's speaking here that the thing that will protect your mind from all the doubts and all the fears is the hope of salvation. That's the protection. You may go through all kinds of trials, and if if you don't have that helmet on, simply meaning if you don't remember this truth, that we have the hope of salvation because God promised it before the world began. Our helmet, our mind, is protected by knowing that basic doctrinal truth. Amen. The hope of salvation. Notice in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, draw your thoughts in. Get focused. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, if there's supposed to be all these future dispensations before the Lord comes back. Paul just was ignorant of all that and bypassed it. He's writing to first century people and he says, here's what gives you hope. Not that there's going to be a great dispensation of tribulation or a a great uh, uh, hardship here or a, a secret rapture and you might be left behind. No, Paul says this. He says, hope to the end. That is the end of your life or the end of time, whichever comes first. Hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Brother Larry was talking about the grace we have and the grace we've received. This may at first sound like a contradiction, but it's simply saying the most grace is yet to come. He says this grace is going to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's not speaking a revealed understanding. That's speaking of his actual literal revelation of himself yes, when he comes back. Amen. When every eye will see him. Hope to the end Amen. for the grace that is going to be brought. See, we can go from being hopeless to being hopeful. The verse was quoted during this meeting that by the resurrection of Christ we have been begotten again into a lively hope. You see, as long as they thought, well, Jesus was crucified, he's been buried, he's not who we thought he was, it's all over. They lost hope. But you know, when they found out he was raised from the dead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They were begotten again. Amen. That means they got back the sense of life that they had lost. You know, when a tragedy strikes your life, when a loved one is 
uh, suddenly killed, you feel like the very life of you has been taken away. That's the way they felt. They were begotten again unto a lively hope by what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now notice also in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. Notice how this just gets better and better. Looking for that blessed hope. That is what your, the, 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 what your hope is centered on. The, 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 the basis of your hope. He says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, these verses should remove from your mind all of these false doctrines of future dispensations yeah. before the final eternal dispensation of heaven. In the very first century, the, the, the focus of God's people was sharpened to look at one thing which he describes here, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. We're to be centered and focused on His coming, His appearing. Amen. And our being then with Him. Yeah. I've been trying to preach through the book of Revelation at home, and most people, when you say Revelation, they get afraid. <laughs> and I'm not saying I understand it all, but... I know that what I've understood so far, it's intended to comfort God's yes, people. <laughs> that yes, you're going through some bad things here, but eventually you're going to win in Christ. Amen. You're going to be delivered from it all. That's the message of that book. <clears throat> and then, notice Hebrews chapter 6. I've always loved this verse, Hebrews chapter 6. And we're just going to read a small portion of this for the sake of time. Beginning in Hebrews chapter 6, the last part of verse 18, speaks that we have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now notice the impact of those words that we're not just recalling something we're not just focusing on something here it says we have fled for refuge fled from what the hopelessness of this world we fled for refuge where to lay hold upon the hope set before us listen to this which hope we have as an anchor of the soul where would we as old Baptists be? You know, we're old Baptists because we see ourselves as sinners. We can't find any other doctrine that comforts us. Where would we be without this hope of eternal life, Amen. which is an anchor for, or an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast? Listen to this and which entereth into that within the veil. Yeah. 
Your hope reaches into heaven. Your hope's anchored in heaven. It's beyond this world. It's not in the things of this world. You can benefit from a lot of things in this world. You can benefit from counseling, biblical instruction. You can benefit from medicine. There are a lot of things in this world that God blesses us to take advantage of that help us. But ultimately, our hope entereth into that within the veil. And then lastly, and this is probably with regard to this subject, my favorite verse because it so describes my case. You know, when David came to the end of his life, he didn't look back and say, Man, I did it. I really got everything right. Notice what he said in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 5. Listen how this starts out. Although my house be not so with God. There's Buddy Abernathy. (laughs) My house is not in order. He's not speaking here only about his literal house, although that certainly was his situation, but I believe we can think about it in many other ways. I don't have my act together. I don't have my life in order. I haven't figured out how to be a, a good Christian. I haven't figured out how to, how to completely crucify this flesh. It bothers me every day over and over and over again. I do the same sins over and over again. The weakness I had when I joined the church, I still have that same weakness. David emphatically said, he's, he's going to tell us something good because he says, my house is not so with God. Yet. He hath made with me an everlasting covenant. Listen to this. Ordered in all things and sure. Isn't that a wonderful hope? Amen. You know, I'm sure when I come to the end of my life, I'm not going to say, well, I finally figured it out in the last 10 years I did it right. That's not going to be our case, is it? We'll probably... Breathe our last, our last breath saying, I, I didn't get to where I hoped I would. Still had so many struggles. But though my house be not so with God, he, that is God, hath made with me an everlasting covenant. And that's what we believe as old Baptists, that that covenant was made in Christ before the world began. He hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. And listen to this. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. Now look at that. He says, this is all my salvation. Now what he means by that is not only is my whole eternal salvation is based upon this everlasting covenant, but any salvation I'm getting right now That's right. Amen. is because I know that God made an everlasting covenant. This is all my salvation and all my desire. Isn't that what we believe? Amen. This everlasting covenant, if it 
That's all my salvation in time or eternity. That's all my desire is to hear about that over and over again and to one day actually experience it. Yeah, you'll, you'll feel like you've lost hope from time to time. But just remember, we have hope of eternal life. And the only reason we have that is because we know something. We know that God who cannot lie, there's something God don't have the ability to do. Me and Brother David were talking at lunch. You know, some people say, well, God, ha- God can do that if he's, God has the power to do that. Well, God has the power to do anything he wants That's to. Right. He just don't want to do everything he has the power to do. Amen. He had the power to save everyone, didn't he? But he didn't choose to save everyone. That's right. He has the power to make me live right, but he doesn't choose to do that. He gives me the ability to do wrong, even though I regret it. We have hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.